nothing to it but to do it. But I could. Are you ready? Yeah. Good. Why are you so thirsty? Why? Because it's been a long day. I'm always thirsty. You're always. That's my secret. (laughs) I'm always thirsty. (laughs) Hi everyone. Hi Jim. Hi. See, I was thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) I got him. Welcome back to Dress for the Podcast You Want. My name is David Andrew Laws. Clearing my throat, both practically and theatrically. There, uh, I am. There's no co-host where, where their co-host was. There's a void. Well, now that's very sad. Uh, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> We're still waiting to get the analytics on who prefers which co-host, or if they prefer no co-host, or if they just wanted all to stop. Well, I'll, I hope I don't skew any of those results in anyone's favor. I hope you do. I hope you skew them in my favor. <laughs> um, and with me is my guest, Jim Carroll. Hi. Hi, Jim. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. It's been a long day. And by a long day, I mean I was supposed to record an episode at 9.15 this morning, and then I was supposed to record an episode at 2.30, and I didn't record either of those episodes for one reason or another. I mean, it's it's super uncomfortable out. It's nasty out. Yeah. It's... But you you trekked in. I did. All the way from peak skill. Well, they they pay me to come into the city, so I don't. Not you. I don't pay you to stay in the city. <laughs> you are you are the benefit. Yeah, you are the dessert at the end of the long day. Ooh, please, mm, more of that. <laughs> That's what this podcast needs. To me flattering you for forty five minutes. Anyone flattering me, I can do that. That it it. Uh, I think that's been the biggest uh, uh, downfall of this podcast is that it really has steered away from me <laughs> and how I'm doing. How are you doing? Fine. Like I said, I, I I cleared my day to do podcasts, and then what I ended up doing was a couple of emails and a couple of edits, and then I played a lot of Stardew Valley. Oh, good. So, uh, see, I'm, I'm more playing Red Dead Redemption. It's good. It's a good game. It's just so big. It is. It is very... It's very overwhelming. It's it's a lot of great games came out at the same time, and that was a problem for me. You're one of the few people I can talk to about this. I don't have a lot of gamer friends in my in my uh, circle. I feel like I feel like I'm a fake gamer because I am I am very dedicated to a few franchises. Okay, and then in the larger that doesn't make you a scope, fake gamer; it just makes you a fanboy, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, a little, a little. Like I don't I don't find myself uh, I, I don't really explore games just to explore them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm much more at- attracted to the property um, in that fanboy sort of way. But you know, Fallout, Red Dead Redemption, love them. Um, uh, I, I didn't I didn't play. F- uh, first, per- uh, first person shooters until after I had children, and then I really started to like Call of Duty until I hated Call of Duty. Oh, um, because as a as a parent, it's a bad example. I can't. Well, no, not. I mean, as a parent, it's not like I'm sitting them down and saying, "All right, watch it, Daddy pwn some noobs." Exactly. Which <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I did. <laughs> but, um, but it was more that uh, I can. You know, I can play for 10 minutes and then I can put the controller down mm. and attend to the child if they need attending to rather than which something they like so which frequently they do. Al- always do. Um, rather than something like Skyrim or something st- story based or RPG based where they, you know, as they do now, they, they always leave you with one more mission. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the mission ends by starting another mission. And you sort of get into that one more turn mentality. Well, and that's my problem with any RPG is that I love RPGs and then I go away from them and I come back to them and I'm like, wait, who am I? 
What am I? Why? What are my morals? What are my goals? What am I doing? So I've been off. I've been off Red Dead for a couple of weeks now, and it's I'm, I'm it's it, too it, late to go back. It feels like the claws release, um, like like it, it, it the the hold of it there because there are times when I'm like I do nothing but dream that game, mm. and then if I go away for it for a few days, yeah, it, like it, I feel its hold lessen. Well, and it feels me. like how I'm sure it must feel for that character if you gave if you granted the video game character sentience that they wake up after two weeks and go wait where was i what the fuck i always love thinking about video game characters that way imagining that like when i push the wrong button they're like why did i just punch that guy i was trying to say (laughs) hi to him which i i did so much in red dead (laughs) too many buttons that's the first problem in red dead too many buttons too many buttons too many details i've already talked about how how that frustrated me. We can talk about it off the air. I'm wondering how alienating this is. I know it's not alienating for our editor, Alan, who... Well, good. We can give him something to listen to. Also a big fan of Red Dead Redemption. But that was the problem for me, was that Red Dead came out, and the Spyro the Dragon remake came out. I'm a big fan of those games. And the Spider-Man game was was pumping out DLC, and I just... just I, got, I got overwhelmed. And then I got a Nintendo Switch for Christmas, and that was a bad idea. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's everything that pulls your attention. Yeah, um, because it's so much easier. It's it's so I could I could I could work on this, but instead, I can. Uh, it's easy to to uh, redirect that energy into finishing that level, mm-hmm. or getting that one power up, or finding finding all twenty dinosaur fucks. There are some people who can operate with like. I need to get my work done so that then I can allow myself to play a video game. And I've just never been, I've always been, I should play my video game now, get it out of my system, and then I'll be ready to work. And that's, that just doesn't, that doesn't work. I mean, I find, I find I operate that, uh, that way in life in general Ooh. is that I am, uh, I will become, uh, drawn in and, and, uh, enveloped by whatever it is I'm doing to where I have to, I have to finish it. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you, or do you now, um, I'll use my eye statements. When I was a kid, I wouldn't be able to eat the next thing on my plate until I had finished that thing. Did you do that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's mashed potato time. Uh Uh-huh. Then it's corn time. Uh Uh-huh. Then it's steak time. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) And now I don't. Now I definitely can, can mix and match a little bit, but, um, I, I had a cousin who used to just mix everything together. Oh no, that's monstrous. <laughs> that's, yes. What exactly. is that? that, is, that they, it hurt me. Might it as well just put it in soul. a blender. I think they would have. That's Ugh. and when I when I brought this up because it I, I mean it it hurt me to watch this, <laughs> and I said why and um and and she said well that's how it all ends up in your stomach anyway. She's not wrong. Um. Yeah, she's but not you, wrong. It doesn't make her not a monster. She's just not wrong. She she's not wrong, but it's it's how it gets there. The, it's not the destination. It's the journey. That's true. That's true. This we know. Um, yeah, we digress. Uh, I have to ask you a very important question. Mm. Do you, Jim, consider yourself a successful person? Look at that face. <laughs> I wish I could have captured that face. Uh, I no, but um, and at the risk of of spoiling your podcast, I don't. I don't know how important success is or by what metric we're measuring success. What's that going to spoil? It's not going to spoil anything. Well, it's, I, I don't want to be the, you know, say that success isn't important when it's 
The podcast is about success. The podcast is not about the fact that success is the most important thing in the world. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I try to put myself to the side of that sort of, um, that sort of metric. I mean, okay. maybe that means, maybe that's just a way of me, uh, you know, denying, mm. you know, not having to think about it, shielding myself from not being successful. So you don't consider yourself a su- successful person because it's not something that you consider, not because you consider yourself unsuccessful, but because, uh, it's not a metric by which you measure your. Yeah. Growth. I mean, I mean more than that. I, it's, I don't think it's a metric I would ever want to measure myself by. Okay. Why? Who who fed you this? Um, well, it's I I mean, how are we? First of all, you have to define success. Let's do it. Um, you and me, right here. Well, well, this is it. It's it's a personal thing. Success success sure. is going to be. You're either going to say, well, I've I've achieved this position. You know, I've I've reached this level in my career, or I've made this much money, or I am I've written this. Uh, I've made this our artistic goal, mm-hmm. but you know, if 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 you achieve that, if you become a published writer, does that give your work more worth than somebody who is unpublished but has uh, but has worked just as hard? You know, is is the goal? If the goal is just to complete the novel, does that does that give you your? You know, uh, you you've achieved that goal, but is that successful? Is it is it a good novel by your standards? I I, I think the you. I think once you you start to uh, attach um, qualifications to your to your goals, like you know, goals is an interesting word that I feel like comes up sometimes and doesn't come up other times in this conversation because, or, or maybe it, like the concept of it comes up without the word coming up, right? So, which is more quote unquote important, a uh, book? that gets finished and published and is bad versus a book that gets finished and not published and is amazing. It depends on your goal. If your goal was to get published, then the first one. If your goal was to write a book, probably the second one. Or both, because both are a book got written. Right, and that's what I'm saying is is that both, you know, I don't know if either person should be defining their success by I've gotten published or I've gotten or, or I've finished the, this this you know what do I do with this thing? Uh huh. Um, I think it's more just the process. It's it's acknowledge. It's uh, you know I I, I I hesitate to go into the Marie Kondo line. She why is she so hot right <laughs> now? So, Vic made me watch every what single happened? episode. I knew about her. We all knew about. Right, she's been a thing. She's been a thing. She she has. Did she just and get a Netflix she series got or a something? Netflix series. I didn't know that. That's why. Right. And and What's everybody it it's I think it's literally like the Marie tidying Kondo story. with Marie Kondo. Well, she goes it's sort of like a reality TV show, right? She shows up at a person's house and uh, they are oh. they live a messy life and she helps them tidy and um, the, the, the most realistic part is that it takes like 50 days for them to go through their house. Whoa. But and touch everything. But I someone you know, gave me a bracelet like 3 years ago because they were touching stuff to see if it made them feel joy or not. She's I know about Marie Kondo. I'm just better about it. I'm a, I'm a Marie Kondo <laughs> it's, hipster. It's okay, but but I think I think in either case, 
it's not stopping. It, it, the success is not the finishing the book. It's, it's, you know, you are not suddenly a success because you've done that success. I, I feel is more, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back and try and make that into an intelligible sentence. Great. Cause uh, I have some problems with it. <laughs> I think acknowledging that you've done the work is good enough. And it is the, the process has, has, you know, once you've done the process and if you have a goal to finish that book, and I am going to stick with goal, um, regardless of whether or not it is good, you you achieve that. If it is published, you've great. But I don't think that's important. I think that the important thing is you've done it, and now you can choose to do something else. What if you hated the process? I mean, I've... What if you were in a play and you, the rehearsal process was just the worst? That's... It's, it's just you have to acknowledge that there are going to be ups and downs. I don't think that makes you a failure. I think if you, if you, if you were in a play and you hate the rehearsal process mm -hmm. and the final product that when it goes up is not something that you are proud of. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that makes you a failure. I don't think that makes you a bad actor. I think that was a play that, your that your process did not work in and you have to acknowledge it. And I wonder if I consider failure to be the opposite of success within the confines of this podcast. I don't, that's not something I've ever thought about. I guess I just, I, I hesitate to, I think, I think when you, when you say you're a success, it's, well, that's a totally different verb. Yeah, yeah. Right. Someone is a success versus I, or I am successful. successful. I think when you're saying I am successful, you're uh -huh. taking on an extra weight um, mm -hmm. because you've tagged yourself in this way. Um, I feel if you, once you've said I am successful, then you open yourself up to not being successful. Like there is a there's Maybe. a place for you to to not to, to go down to. Whereas, you, so go ahead. Whereas if you you know release that yourself from that and you just work and try to improve and try to improve your process, especially in any artistic genre, mm. because, you know, because you, you don't take the, the, the play that we just talked about. You can go from being an amazing actor in one production to going into a new show and not having and sucking balls. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to put it like that, but that's, yeah, the, that's what we call it in the biz. You should know that you're an equity now. <laughs> Look, I, I did you not get the vocab book? <laughs> I still have to leave through it. There's All right, that's fine. some sections. Um, oh shit! I was gonna say something very either clever or pithy. Ah, damn, it's gone now. But you went for the dick joke. Damn it! So. <laughs> what was I gonna say about a success? About a failure? About oh oh oh! You said tag yourself with that, and that made me leap back to video games for a moment. And I thought of that as a very interesting concept: is what if psychologically you took successful as a tag instead of a goal or a want or a need or a desire and said like in the category of people tall uh has glasses successful I, possible well yeah I, I think you know what it is it's it, it feels like you're dealing if you are successful then you're talking about things that are in the past right it, it's it's hmm. i don't know if you can be if you can be presently successful 
because I am you presently are, successful. You are you are only you've you've achieved something in the past oh, where you have considered yourself successful. Yeah. But that is you are completely negating that that you know <laughs> everything going forward. Yeah. And that's why I say it, it only it's only giving yourself a platform for you to one day say I was successful and now I'm not. Well then what's the fucking point, Jim? What what gets you what gets you going? Isn't the point just to find something that you love and want to do? And be great at it. I don't know if you have to be great at it. Mm. Find something that you love. If you can, look, I um when I graduated from college and I was like, I'm going to be an actor. Uh-huh. La la la. And I'm right, going to quick go. background, Jim's an actor, works at Playbill as the director of ad operations. Hey, uh, uh and is a father of three. Three, yes. Great. That's all. I just wanted to clear that up real quick. Um, but when I graduated and I was like, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to make money and I'm going to get my equity card. And um, that was in 1997. I just got my equity card two months ago. And in 2018. 18, technically. So um, that's 20 years of... Not, you know, by, by the metric of what we're saying, you know, by, by a metric, by a metric, um, was I not successful for 20 years or, you know, if that was your goal, if that was your outset goal was to become an equity actor. Right. But if you, you know, relief, release yourself from that Mm -hmm. and I got cast, Mm -hmm. I did work. I worked on some things that I'm super proud of. Mm hmm. Um, I, I got a chance. I worked with great actors. I worked with great directors who themselves went on to professional careers. Um, and I don't think that there is work that I would take back. I don't think there was in that process when it, when I couldn't devote my career, when I couldn't devote vocationally to acting because I had small children mm-hmm. and I needed to go out and feed them and f- <laughs> Take care of them. <laughs> Makes you sound like a hunter-gatherer. I mean, that's more Vic. I am definitely more the... She would bring home the kill, and I would skin it. Oh, fair it. enough. Um, but uh, but the, the artistic work was still important to me because that helped. That was what I, I wanted to do. Even, even avocationally, it made me feel better. It made me feel uh, whole... It, it was an outlet for me to work through things. And, um, but if you go back to my original goal, if you go back to, to when I was like, I'm going to be an equity actor and make money uh-huh. that if I had held myself to that standard, then, then I was then working and rehearsing a show that I wasn't getting paid for Just getting paid for a little bit of money was wasting my time. If I it, kind of I'm, I'm I'm I love picking fights. I don't mean to pick a fight, but I no, just, no, please, I just do right. I just can't you can't we just think of all of that twenty year span as the journey that brought you to this the completion of this one specific goal? Maybe you can't. I mean, you can because um, even the times that right. So every show that you do that gets you equity points, that's a very direct correlation to. The goal, right? This is a thing that is a step that leads me to the goal. And every point in between is like, is something that Megan keeps reminding me about is like, sure, playing video games isn't 
like helping me do a thing, but it, it's helping me like breathe and take time for myself and not die before I can complete my goals. Sure. And there's, I mean, there's a whole side conversation on the, you, like, I, cause I feel video games are the same way, but what do you mean? Uh, in that it's in that it's a pause. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, it, it's an inhale. It, is, it is my spa day. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but, um, but I, I think at a certain point when I, when I had kids and I, I had a job mm-hmm. and I said, I have to go, I can't, I can't not make money. I have to, I can't, I couldn't pursue acting exactly as, as a career. Um, I still, I still needed that outlet and mm. I, I, I needed to, so the, the goal of the goal of becoming a professional was not realistic at that point. Um, and honestly, you know, mm. I feel my path to my equity card is a bit of a fluke. And it was, it was something I hate. I hate the whole idea of, you know, you fall in love when you stop looking for it. Like that whole but I, it does though, huh? But, I, I, but it does though. <laughs> I the way that I got there was because there was just an opportunity and I thought it would be um fun to pursue mm. and it would be it would be great to work on if I got it. I had no expectation of it of it going there because at that point um my my process is get cast in the show, do the best job that you can. When that show is over, thank it for its time. Go find, to the, find the time. Move yeah, on. find the time to to do something else. Yeah. Um, I it's I I mean I love strike. I love strike. Oh, why? To, to, Cathartic. To, yeah, that catharsis of just release. It's 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 releasing everything. Mm. You don't have to worry about it. I, it's it's done. All right. That well, let's over. talk about your babies. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess you could say I've been a successful father. Was that, that a goal? Uh, I've I've always wanted to be a parent. I remember talking I've to Vic, and children. it was very much not, and that very much surprised me. But but it was for you. It was for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vic Vic never saw herself as a parent, and I always saw myself as a parent. Yeah. How did you do it? Not. <laughs> Well, not where do babies come from? A man and a woman. When did you like? Did you? Well, okay, I guess the question is, did you consciously have to go? I want a baby, and I want a baby, and I that's going to make me have to stop or start doing other things. But I want to have a baby. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the the story is this: Vic and I, uh, we had talked about having children. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we wanted, we wanted some time. We still weren't quite ready yet, but she went to her doctor and she said, Hey, we're thinking about this. And the doctor said, okay, well, you, you've been on birth control for several years. So, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna take that off, but it's still going to be in your system. Mm. So it, you know, don't expect anything for a few months because we were, we were like, we'll try, you know, this was, this was May of 2001. Mm. And, um, we were thinking, you know, we'll give it, 
you know, may, maybe around this time next year is when we're really looking at, uh, at trying. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, well, you know, but uh, it's, we're going to take you off birth control. Don't expect any results. You know, at least for a few months, um, really, it's not likely. Vic was pregnant in June 2001. <laughs> Bang. Wow. I don't know who to congratulate for that, but one of you is it's obviously... A te- it's a team effort. ...above average somewhere. Um, I mean, I like to think we both are. Yay. But, Power couple. Um, and thus... So, so we didn't... I, I mean, we talked about it, but we both were, said okay. And then Ava, you know was born in 2000, September of 2003. And mm-hmm. um, they were 18 months apart. And that wasn't supposed to happen. But Really? Oh, there's, there is a, you know, we, we actually sat down um, and had the conversation of, we have no money. What do we do? And uh, I said, I'd, I'd, I was home with Maddie. I was taking care of Maddie. And I had gotten, you know, I was home all day. And uh I started watching Jeopardy every day, and this was like <sighs> April of 2002. And they said, "If you'd like to be a contestant, you know, apply uh-huh. he, apply here." And uh, June of 2001, I I they said, "If you want to come and audition for Jeopardy, uh, show up at the Waldorf Astoria." And I did, and I passed the test. And they said, "Great, if you if you want to, if you're 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 in the pool, and if we decide if your name is called, um, it will be between September." We film between September and April, so okay. we'll call you August through March. Um, and it was that that December um, was when we found out that Vic was pregnant again. And um, I said, "It'll be okay. Jeopardy's going to call me up, and I will go on, and I'll win twenty five thousand dollars, which was like the largest sum of money I could think of at the time." Great. Great. It's like, I don't want to be greedy. That'll be fine for us. It's no who wants to be a millionaire, it's but no, I'll I get what I can. Um, and uh, Jeopardy called us up the last week of March. Oh. And they said, hey, uh, do you want to come out? and Where does it? I didn't realize it auditioned in Astoria. The the Waldorf, the Waldorf Astoria. What's that even mean? It's the hotel, the fancy hotel. Where is it? Not in Astoria, well, I'm guessing, by the fact that you just corrected me. <laughs> This is it. It is on um, Park and like Forty Eighth. Oh, but I don't even think it's open anymore. I think it was recently oh. um, bump converted to condos or something. Yuck. Where is it filmed? Um, it films out in um, in California now. Tell us all your Jeopardy secrets. How long uh, were you on? Power by Fear. Oh, <laughs> it really gets the adrenaline going. I bet. Um, I. Uh, I was with a four-time returning champion. Wow. And um, I beat him on the last thing. I, I won one game. Nice. And I lost the second. Boo. Um, it was always my plan to hopefully, fingers crossed, get a bunch of theater questions. And uh, the second day, I got things I learned in drama school. And then uh, Broadway in Double Jeopardy. Whoa. Um, which was great, except the guy who beat me was actually in uh, Grand Hotel on Broadway. He was an actor. Oh. So I think I got four out of five of things I learned in drama school, and then we split the Broadway category, and he ended up taking the Daily Double from me, and that's what started put him in the lead. Oh, dang it. And the, uh, the third contestant was a chemical engineer who was like, well, fuck me. Um, I mean, a little bit, yeah. Oh, no. Did you, wait. 
So you won a day. So I won a day. I lost a day. So you did get you to still keep, get money? Um, you get you. So the first day, uh, you get what you win. Okay. Um, and then the second day, you get um, uh, second place gets two thousand dollars. Third place gets one thousand dollars. So oh, I dope. came in second place. So I got two thousand dollars in addition to what I won the first day. What did you win? Twenty five thousand four hundred dollars. No way. Are you psychic? So, <laughs> so then Ava, that was April. And way to dodge the question. <laughs> uh, I can't, you know, if I actually answer those. Your powers go away. I understand. No, I know. Which is Chris. Uh, I get it. Um, that's really cool. I didn't, I didn't, I knew some of that story, but not all of it. Well, so they pay you 120 days from air date. Uh, I filmed in April. The show aired in July. Uh, Ava was born in September and she was born with a cleft lip. Oh, no, my. And, um, yes. And uh, we took around to a couple of different pediatricians, and they, none of them really gave us any good answers. And then Alex Trebek flew out and did the surgery himself. Yeah, uh, I would, I would have loved that. <laughs> um, instead, our pediatrician slipped us a post-it, and she said, "It was, it was such, it felt so, you know, insidery." She's like, "Go see this guy." Oh. And um, we went, we went down to NYU Medical Center, and we saw Doctor Court Cutting. Good name. And he walked in like he just stepped off uh, the set of General Hospital. Oh. Like like his hair was blowing in the oh, breeze? Oh, I mean, like distinguished gray. Ah, nice. Like immaculate lab coat, strong chin. It was just, it was, <laughs> it was perfect. You just immediately were like, oh, he's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> um, I trust he, you. And he sat, he sat across from us at this gigantic desk, and he just looked at Ava, and he goes... Um, well, you know that the cleft extends into her gum line. So when we um, when we do the surgery, we'll probe with a needle her gums to make sure that there's Ugh. tissue there Oof. so that uh, her teeth come in correctly. And also we'll stitch off center so that they'll be it will heal in the shape of a cupid's bow and nobody will be able to know that she's ever had this cleft lip. Then he showed us a PowerPoint presentation because he goes on the smile train and he's he goes out uh, over to... Um, Southeast Asia, and he does um, the surgery on kids uh, up to age 14. So he's like, we've asked these kids what if there's pain, and they say no, but it's really itchy, so we're going to have to hold her arms, we're going to have to pin her arms so that she doesn't touch the stitches. Gracious me, gracious. Uh, and she was you know, 12 weeks old when she had the surgery. Um, but of course, the, the whole catch to this is he didn't take insurance. Mm. Mm -hmm. So we got the money from Jeopardy!, and then gave about $16,000 of it to the guy so that he could perform the surgery. Wow. Uh, I take it. Wait, which who was this? Was this Ava or was this? This was Ava. Ava doesn't get an allowance now, I assume. No, I mean. You just go, you got yours. <laughs> uh, we try not to hold it against her. Fair enough. That's very good of you. Um, well, I guess Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Philosophical debate about the values of the basis of this podcast. Um, what's your advice? My advice is to, f you find something that you love. You find something that you want and then you find time in your life to pursue it. And if it no longer gives you joy, <laughs> thank it. Pulls off his mask. Goodbye. I've been Ricardo this whole time. <laughs> Jim, you have phenomenal canines. Has anyone ever told you that? Yes. Why? Uh, I'm part wolf. Uh, That's not true. Don't lie to me. <laughs> Who told you that? Was it Vic? No, I mean, it, it comes up. 
it comes up from time to time. Cool. Um, yeah, well, it's. Uh, I've, I have told my children that they are part werewolf. Oh. Yeah. Healthy. Hi, it's it's. it's I bet important. Finn's excited about that. Finn is super. All of them were excited uh, for it. Oh, okay. Who doesn't want to know that they, you know. How was that blood moon for y'all? Oh, it's did crazy. you see it? He did. Well, I'll tell you. I, I looked up and I saw. I was like ten thirty. I was like, Here, here's when the eclipse starts, and I'll be back in an hour to check on it. Seven hours later, when I woke up. Oh no, <laughs> I bet it was great. We uh, we rushed up to the roof when someone texted us that it was happening. It was uh, it was fine. <laughs> it, was, it was it was a moon. We saw it. It was a little red. It was interesting, I suppose. I don't mean to poo poo the blood moon, but. It's also going to really date this episode, depending on when it goes out. I mean, look, it's it's um, I'm all for people. <laughs> if it's a if it has a, a little bit of science behind it, if you're looking at it for like for wonder, let let's look up at the stars. Let's look at the moon. Oh, I was looking at it because the blood moon is the ultimate proof that the Earth is not only not round, but is actually concave, like a bowl. <laughs> That's what I was doing. <laughs> Also, it said that when the blood moon rises, then the uh, coven of Gibraltar will return to smite all of the one-legged, aphrodisiac-addicted Satanists. And, I mean, I can't imagine that's a large group. No, but, man, they just all unsubscribed, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Happens to the best of us. Um, So, your advice is do what you love. I think, I mean, it's... Because it sounds so trite, and it's it's like make it oh, sound less trite. I don't know if there's a way to. I I think it's I I, I think it's one of those things. It's it's a cliche because it it's mm. true. I I think we uh, we there was a great uh, there's a great thing about it was about writing, and it was uh, often when writers start out, they um you write your first thing and you you hate it mm-hmm. because. Not because it, it's bad. It, it is bad. Almost certainly it's bad. Uh, but because your taste level, um, in most cases, you, you're well-read and you're trying, to, um, you're trying to write to the level of the people that you love to read. Mm. And that doesn't happen overnight. You, know, you, you, don't, you don't immediately become Virginia Woolf. You don't immediately become uh, Hemingway. You don't. These people just don't appear. They worked on their own style. They worked to become uh, writers themselves. Yeah. So it's it's easy to become discouraged by what you feel is not up to snuff. Oh, I'm I suck because my the first thing that I wrote is is not um, Pride and Prejudice. Well, good because someone I wrote that. Well, of equivalent quality. Gotcha. Um. But, uh, but I think it's, it's, and I think this is true in, in most, uh, in, in most art forms. I think theater is, is actually a weird, is off to the side because I think it's very hard to track your, your own process. Um, I I think actors starting out, I think it's a, it's a Dunning-Kruger effect. I think they, you know. I know what that is, but. My, um, some of my listeners might not. <laughs> What's the Dunning-Kroger effect? Uh, that is a, a study, and um, it found that it asked people to assess their own skills. Their how how, uh, and it found that people who were um, the least educated in a field often overvalued their skill, their knowledge in that area. Interesting. 
And that as a person became more knowledgeable in that area, um, their their assessment of their ability went down mm. of, of, of how well they knew that field. Because hmm. um, they became aware of how much there was to know that they didn't or how much there was to... Yeah, and I think there, there's like a couldn't. reverse tick up at the very end. Because mm. if you are the one or two... M- most expert people in that field, then I think you're going to say, well, I, I actually do know quite a bit <laughs> about this. About dolphins. Um, but, um, but I, I think that, uh, I think that when you can't, when you can't see your own work, when you can't evaluate your own work as an actor can, because the whole point of evaluating, yeah, of, of, of acting is to be in the moment and not self-evaluating. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> that it's easy to, to not have a handle on your ability versus writing where you can write something and then go back and try and look at it with a fresh set of eyes and read it and maybe be able to see where that gap in quality. Maybe it's still also subjective, isn't it? Like some people are going to like your book. Some people are going to like your acting. Some people aren't. Yeah. But yeah, I think when you, when you're writing, you're writing up to your level of taste. Mm. Um, you know, maybe that book is great for you uh, and for everybody else. They hate it. Maybe that that book sucks for you, but is a bestseller. Yeah. Yeah. That's all there is to it. That's yeah. You just have to. That, that's why. You, and, and to bring this all back around. Bring it on back. It's why you just have to. You, you can't uh, you can't pin success on yourself. Don't burden yourself with success. Okay, you haven't convinced me yet, but I will respect your position on it, and we'll see if we can uh, bring each other around. In round two, which is the physical contest portion. Excellent. I've been working out for this. Jim and I are going to wrestle to see who wins, success or non-burdened of success. I mean, this could get kind of sexy. I don't want to... It could. Audio medium, as podcast is, it's not going to get... Too sexy. I, you don't know that. I don't know that. But I mean, I do don't. know what sounds I make both when I wrestle and when I'm sexy. And neither, they're not the same sounds. Look, we'll do it and then we'll let the audience decide. Subjective. Yeah. Good call. All right. Let's let's oil ourselves up. Um, you go get the, the body paint. I'm going to say thanks for listening to Dress for the Podcast You Want. Thank you to Dimly Wit for having us on the network. You can go to dimlywit.com to hear this podcast as well as others like Bad Examples and Shorts and Standby. And you can go to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and check out all of the stuff that Dress for the Podcast has going on. Jim, is there anything you want to plug? You have a uh, Twitter. No, I, I don't even use... I can't... I've never figured out Twitter. What do you mean? You have one. I have one. And every time I write something... Uh, again, it's not up to my qual- to my, my, my level of quality. I think it's I, I hate my, my tweets. Oh, I, I, no. I hate the medium. Um, well, what do you want people to know then? Do you have a website? No. Jim's an enigma. I I just like I like being me. Go watch some reruns of Jeopardy from two thousand and three. Three. Yeah. You can you can go to J archive. That's the Jeopardy archive. Great. And you can see the game that I both the game that I won and the game that I lost. I'm gonna link to that for sure. That's <laughs> all right. Great. Good companion piece. Um, all right. Ready. Wrestle. Oh, that was a bad sound.
Hosted on dimlywit.com.